if you're smart and work hard, but just aren't where or who you want to be. Welcome to your podcast, Real Confidence. I'm your host, Alyssa DeVere, and I'll be sharing a bit of brain science, some surprising social secrets, and a touch of tough love. Why? Because I believe confidence is everyone's fundamental right and choice. Let's get to it. So we're going to take this opportunity in this podcast not to talk about what to do with money, but why it wigs us out. Why does it cause so much angst? And I asked a favor of a new friend who I just adored. Julie Earhart Graves is on the line with me. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. It's great to be here. I asked you to join because you have such great experience, particularly in this field of financial planning and hearing and doing a lot to help people, particularly women, overcome their insecurities. So before we dive into kind of the the stories and answers that you have um, in store here, you've been doing this for a long time. You run a beautiful firm, uh, Worley Earhart Graves Financial Advisors. So how and why did you get into it? Give us a sense of, you know, you. This was actually has been my entire career. I knew when I was in college, I wanted to be a financial advisor. Um, I think ultimately it stems from my childhood when I didn't feel like I had a lot of security in my life. And so I was really drawn to being a financial planner because I felt like, okay, I can be in charge of building some security in my life. And that's literally what, why I got into this business, why I continue to be in this business. And that's what I love about this business is that I help to get help others to feel like they are um, you know, more secure, more confident in their financial lives. Well, you know, it's funny. It just dawned on me as you're speaking in the financial business, you use the word securities almost synonymously. And yet that word securities in the financial business makes people feel very insecure. So what, you know, what are the recurring themes? Do you hear a lot of people with the same kind of story that you have that they're nervous, they wanted security or what is it that drives them into, you know, kind of your conversations? That's exactly it. When I start working for a client with a client, that's generally what brings them in is they want um, to feel like they have their ducks in a row, that they have a goal, that they know how to get there, that they've, um, even if they feel like they've got their ducks in a row and they're, they're financially savvy, it doesn't stop people from coming in for, okay, I want a second opinion. I want to make sure that I am on the right track. Uh, and one of the things to keep in mind too is, you know, there really is no standard definition of financial planning in the industry. There are some financial planners that, you know, sell investments and there are others that sell insurance and there are, uh, others that they won't work with you unless you've got, a you know, a certain minimum and they get to manage your money. Yeah. Uh, I work with clients at an hourly rate, basically like a consultant. And so that way my clients can feel that like they have, um, they have, you know, they're getting unbiased recommendations. All right. Security. So let's, let's go back to some of these um, really kind of nerve wracking situations where, you know, the, this, this lack of security. Now I will confess to you that I went to the Wharton School of Business. I graduated and knew how to run a multi-million dollar company. I could read a PL, but I couldn't manage my checkbook. So I went 
crazy to learn it on my own. And it was very stressful. My father, my uncles, nobody seemed to want to teach me. That's a whole different discussion for a different day, perhaps. But I was really insecure about it. And, you know, even to this day, I have multiple financial advisors. It didn't help that my family was one of the Madoff victims. So I have a lot of insecurity about money and financial stuff. And I am, I promise you, I'm working through it. (laughs) But, you know, one of the things that I thought was really interesting when you were sending me some prep for this was this concept of the, the bag lady syndrome. And you say insecurity and losing everything. You know, I think a lot of my own insecurity is watching my mom go through a divorce and not having anything, having to work and all the trials and tribulations of that. And I'm just wondering, do you hear recurring themes when you say insecurity about money? Is there reasons or what is it that seems to be causing it? I don't know what it is that causes it, but studies do show, and we call this bag lady syndrome is what we call it, this fear of losing everything and being left with no financial means. And it's very common for women. And studies show that it it affects women regardless of age, marital status, socioeconomic class, it doesn't matter. And again, even my own background and my own, you know, kind of where I come from and what I do, every now and then this bag lady kind of taps me on the shoulder and says, oh, you know, what happens if all this goes away? And I, I do think that the one thing that's reoccurring theme is that when you have a financial plan in place and you're working that plan, it can really bring some peace. It brings that confidence that we we want and we need. And we and you know, even again, myself, I can go, nope, I got this. I know where I stand. I know I've got my ducks in a row. I'm not going to worry about this. And so it does help squelch that bag lady syndrome when we've got a financial plan in place. We know what we where we stand. I personally think a lot of our financial um, personalities, our values, our beliefs come from our childhood and our upbringing sure. and our, obviously our experiences. And, you know, that that's 100% me. And, and you just kind of indicated that's you as well. I think that's a thing with women where we kind of, you know, again, we're, it's part of our upbringing. We, there's not a lot of financial literacy in the schools. Uh, most parents don't teach their kids about money. We're all figuring it out on our own. Some people take the bull by the horns and say, I'm going to do this. And others just stick their head in their sand. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I got to, I got to pull some heads out of the sand here because we keep saying women. And I know your firm is very, very pro-women. You most, almost everyone at the firm is women and your clients are largely women. But even in my own household, you know, I try and talk to my very brilliant husband about money and his eyes start to roll behind his head. Right. So I'm wondering, you know, yes, we've been talking about women and bad ladies, but is this unique, you said not, there's no age, is it genderized? Is it, you know, demographic of any sort? Are you seeing it across all the different types? I see it it, across all types. Uh, It's not always, again, you know, like in your face prevalent, but it's there and it will come out in conversations that I'm having with clients. And I did have, uh, you know, one friend of mine, a gentleman that I know, um, I had posted a blog about the uh, bag lady syndrome and he's like, this isn't only women. Yes, <laughs> men right. too. Yeah. So I get that. Uh, I, I totally get that. But again, it, I see it coming out in, you know, comments that, that clients make, of, we want to make sure we're okay. We want to make sure that we ha- there's, you know, ever for all of us, there's, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so that's where, you know, we can come in and help and say, okay, you didn't know this, but here's what would happen if that happened. 
And well, let's plan for that. Let's make sure that you're, you're okay. And like I said, I think having a plan, a financial plan really does bring a lot of peace and a lot of confidence. Right. And, you know, I, I want to differentiate here because I think a lot of the insecurity, the nervousness, the angst comes from making a bad decision. And that bad decision could be making a, the wrong decision with the wrong planner, right? The wrong advisor. And so I think to some extent, when you say plan, that's kind of like just thinking it through, laying it down, making um, some strategic decisions about where you want to be at different places in your life. And I've done that over, you know, with many, many times in the past. And you're absolutely right. I'm wondering though, do you, when people come to you, um, do they have that tribulation? Are they nervous about um, picking the wrong person, picking the wrong firm and admitting maybe to somebody like you who's so smart and and, and generous about, you know, let's talk about your finances, but it's got to be nerve wracking for somebody to lay down and show you what maybe quote a lousy job they've done so far. Do you see that? Uh, it is not as much. I will say that if someone will lay out their entire, entire financial life about, you know, in front of you, they will tell you anything. So uh, <laughs> yeah. there's pretty much nothing that's off, <laughs> off limit at that point. If they're w- willing to show you everything. Um, I think it's, you know, people do get nervous about uh, going to the wrong person, making sure that they don't get taken and that kind of thing. I really encourage people, uh, you know, if you're thinking about wanting to look for a financial planner, then look at around you, find the people that really have their um, financial lives in order. They make good financial decisions. Talk with them. Who do they use? Go, you know, and interview interview financial planners to make sure, you know, that you understand how they get paid, what they're going to do for you, how much are they going to help you, how little are they going to help you, those types of things to make sure that it is a good fit. I don't, like I said, I don't necessarily see people who don't show me everything and, you know, they're, and my focus is always 100%. Well, you're, don't worry about the past starting today. This is the way, you know, you're going to, you're going to get there going forward. Let's worry about going forward, let's not worry about the past. So yeah. I, I focus on the future. Yeah, we do too. You know, the whole concept at um, the Institute is where like whatever happened in the past, at least learn from it, acknowledge yeah. it and move on with that much more uh, intelligence and decision-making. You know, I, I, this whole area of money, of course, there's a lot of people that talk about it and, and the, you know, what you should do, what you shouldn't do and all that. And here we are today talking about really the essence of it, which is it makes us um, lose a lot of nerve and perhaps a lot of face. And so, you know, one of the things that you just said, I I think it's an interesting paradox is who do you know that's doing really well with financial, you know, find them. What does that mean? Because, you know, I would find it intimidating and that's not the right word. I would find it kind of funny if somebody said to me, gosh, you're doing so well. Can I have your financial advisor? Like, I don't see that happening. So I'm just like, I'm curious, like, do people project financial confidence or is it really a matter that they have a big house and a fancy car? No, it's not the big house and the fancy car. <laughs> Most of the time, honestly, the people that are making really good financial decisions are driving around in five year plus old cars and they live below their means. Those are the type of people that you're looking for. The people that 
again, see, appear to make wise financial, sound financial decisions. It's not who's got the biggest car or the biggest house and the best car and the, and the boat on the lake. No, that's not necessarily it. And granted, there's people that live like that and it's still within their means or below their means and they're fine. Um, that could be, but it's rare that that's the case. It's more of the, you know, sound decision makers. Um, it's a personality type, I think, more than anything. And we find, to be honest, you know, probably seven, I'm going to say roughly 70% of our new clients come from our existing clients telling their friends and family. Yeah. So they, people do talk, you know, it's, it's not, you know, you seem to have your, your, your ducks in a row. You seem to make good financial decisions. You know, who do you, who do you work with? Who, I, I want to check this person out. And again, like I said, interview, interview multiple people to figure out who's going to be best to work with you. Yeah. So I'm going to like, let's, let's debunk some stuff. Cause when I um, get in a mood where I'm like, oh, I'm not doing as well financially as everybody else around me, blah, 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 I start looking stuff up on the internet and stats. And you know what, one of the things that always comforts me, <laughs> gives me some confidence is realizing that most people really suck at this, at, at saving and being thrifty and don't have a lot of money in the bank. And so, you know, I always would love to be in your shoes for about a week because I think it would give me a lot more confidence. What, like people come to you, are you shocked anymore? How little they've done, you know, are they 50, 60 years old and they haven't saved a dime? Like what is like the reality? Um, I don't, I'm not shocked. I don't get shocked easily, uh, maybe in the early years, but not anymore. I've seen just about everything I think I could see. Uh, and again, my I, just my personality, I'm not going to focus on the past. Like you said, we're going to learn from it. But going forward, what's your goal? And, you know, let's create a plan on how you can get there. What do you need to do? Um, you know, there are clients I check in with them every quarter. Did you get this done? Did you get that done? To make sure they keep moving forward. They, they need that motivation. Um, and I understand what you're talking about too, as far as, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm not, uh, I need that motivation. I need to feel like I'm doing okay or doing well. You know, one of the things that I do is, and this is me being crazy me, <laughs> um, I update my financial statement every quarter. And most of the, you know, clients, I'll do it annually, but me personally, I update it every quarter because I really get motivated seeing the progress I've made. And I, you know, and I keep years back. So I, I'll go back and I go, where was I a year ago? Where was I three years ago? And that's what keeps me energized and motivated every quarter is, you know, kind of measuring where I am. Yeah. You know, don't feel badly. I do some crazy um, things like that too. My accountant teases me because I insist on writing a physical check every time I have to pay my taxes uh -huh. And because I run businesses where I pay quarterly taxes, and she's like, why do you do that? And I'm like, because if you're paying taxes, it means you made money. And the, the act of writing it and seeing it in front of me, is like very fulfilling, right? So, you know, it is a, a structure, a reminder that tells us we're doing okay. But, you know, I think there is a comfort to know that, sorry to say, most people don't do anything or do the wrong things. And yet, so doing one right thing, which maybe just do your plan or, you know, save an extra $10 this month, whatever it is, that decision to do something in the right direction, you know, it doesn't have to be big, does it? It does not. And, you know, I encourage people with this a lot as well. Uh, you know, one of the things that my husband and I do are envelopes for some of our discretionary spending. So we have cash envelopes 
And if I'm going to go to the grocery store, I take my grocery envelope or go buy clothing or go shopping, I take my clothing envelope. And, you know, again, I have a lot more envelopes than most normal people would, but that's the way my husband and I work. But so even when I'm encouraging clients, you know, they're preparing for retirement, they need to get some of their discretionary spending under control. I'm like, okay, create four envelopes. You know, what, what are your trouble spots? It's, it's eating out, it's entertainment, it's clothing, it's, you know, maybe groceries. Those are the four things you need to budget. Don't worry about everything else, budget those four things. So most everything can be really um, taken down to bite-sized pieces. You know, focus on this for six months and, you know, get this under control and then we'll work for the next day. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I, there's, like I said, everything can be uh, broken down into bite-sized pieces. Yeah, no, I love it. And there is a psychological kind of uh, impact, of course, like I have a, a vacation bank account. So, you know, every month there's a little bit that gets swept, right? Like it's my envelope, right? My Julie envelope, I'm going to call for now on. But there is a psychological kind of not only seeing it grow, but um, knowing that that money is there for that reason. So you don't feel guilty. You don't feel bad when you're taking money out to, to go somewhere, right? I love that. Um, you know, th- this whole issue of financial confidence, right? Um, yeah, it's actually in your company tagline. I see it all over. A lot of banks use it as well. You know, I don't want to make it superficial. I don't want people to be like, okay, I can go see Julie or anyone else for that matter. And all of a sudden be, you know, independently uh, wealthy or independently confident for that matter. You know, as you're saying, maybe small bits, it takes some time. Um, But I'm going to ask you two questions. One before we go to sponsor break and one after. And the first, so the first question is this. If people want, they're saying to themselves, they're listening to this, like, oh, you know, I really need to have more financial confidence. What's like the first thing they should do? I encourage people to spend some time, spend some energy and meet with a financial planner. If, If you're not willing to do all the research and the work yourself, then you need to hire an expert. You know, when my car needs an oil change, I don't do it myself. I take it into the experts. They can do it quickly, efficiently, and for, you know, for the price, it's worth it so that I don't have to spend a day figuring this out my own. Um, You know, when something's aching, yeah, I may Google it, but I go to my doctor. It's the same thing with a financial planner. Go to a financial planner, get their insight, get their expertise. You know, there's a lot of things that they can do pretty quickly, pretty efficiently that would have taken you days to to figure out if you're not financially savvy. Well, even if you are, there's so much knowledge and information and things change so often that exactly, you know, tax and otherwise that you, yes. you know, it's, uh, unless you're doing it full-time. And even if you are, I might say that it's a little bit overwhelming. So, all right. So we are going to come back in just a minute after our sponsor break. And I'm going to ask Julie, what's the one thing she wish she knew a whole lot sooner. This podcast was sponsored by the American Confidence Institute. ACI trains smart, hardworking people how to use basic brain science to more effectively coach themselves and others. ACI is endorsed by top universities, the Strategic HR Management Association, and International Coaching Federation. Learn more about ACI's uniquely empowering keynotes, workshops, e-classes, and coaching certification at www.americanconfidenceinstitute.com. So we're back talking to Julie Earhart Graves about financial confidence. And of course, here we go with the magic question. 
You've learned a heck of a lot, right? As a planner, as of somebody who's been financially invested, what's the one thing you wish you knew when you were a lot younger? I wish I'd known, um, and my best advice for someone else is sooner is much better than later. So too often people put off financial planning and getting their financial ducks in a row. And it's really so important to do it sooner rather than later. The, you know, from a financial aspect, the time value of money is huge. You starting to save for retirement at 25 means you're, you're going to have more than if you start at 35. Uh, or if you, you know, if you're 35, it's better than to start it than waiting until 45, those types of things. So sooner rather than later, sooner is better than later. That's the biggest piece of advice I can I can give you, don't worry about the past, start today, get, get going today. Yeah. Amen to that. And I, I, I think that, that, that is a sage advice for anyone at any age. And again, men, women, um, non-binary, everybody has a lot of this insecurity, but making a decision to deal with it, go see a planner. If you, if you can uh, find a great one, uh, we're going to put Julie's contact. If you love her as much as I do, give her a call. And in the meantime, uh, Julie, you know, we are on a pilgrimage mission together to bring more confidence to the world. You from a financial perspective, me and every possible way to really help people feel good about themselves. And you certainly did that today for me and for everyone who's listening. So thank you. Thank you. It's been an honor. So I'm going to wrap up today's interesting, fascinating, fabulous financial topic about getting your ducks and your ducats in a row. And we're going to remind you again that the best way to get confidence is to give it to others. And you can do that by liking and sharing this podcast on your own social media channels. So I'm so appreciative of that and any comments. If there's topics you want us to tackle for the future, please let me know. For now. This is Alyssa DeVere, and I want to thank you for helping bring more confidence to the world. This podcast was produced by Mindful Media. All rights reserved by Alyssa DeVere and the American Confidence Institute. Music written and performed by Jeff Weinstein.